avisarnos Tal vez fueron tus ojos Tal vez fueron tus labios Tal vez fue la manera En que te tuve entre mis brazos Ya no importa el motivo Estás aquí conmigo Al mundo quiero gritarlo We just heard Dame to Amor from the album Floreciendo from this week's guest, Angelica Gallegos, class of 2013. Angelica graduated from UIC with a degree in computer science, but her path took a unique turn when between semesters she picked up a guitar and uploaded a song to YouTube. Now, she's completing her second studio album. Welcome to We Go Places podcast. I'm the host, Brian Turnbaugh, English teacher. In each episode of the podcast, we catch up with former West Chicago Wildcats and get inspired by their journeys into incredible careers. Today's guest is Angelica Gallegos from the class of 2013. Angelica, what do you do? Um, Well, currently, I am a musician. I'm a singer-songwriter. Um, trying to figure this whole thing out, but yeah, hundred percent musician now. Tell me, how did you get to this um, career as a musician? So, how did how, what? How did you leave us at uh, West Chicago High School and kind of walk us through the the path of how you got here? Yeah, so actually, while I was at West Chicago, I had no clue that I would end up doing music, I was, I know we were talking a little bit before this, but I was super into like my schoolwork. I was like hardcore into math. I actually left West Chicago for about a year and a half. I was at the Illinois Math and Science Academy. I was on the math team and I did like a couple of um, like engineering summer programs while I was in high school. So I actually left, I went to UIC and I studied computer science. And it was actually that summer before going to college while I had like some downtime that I started picking up the guitar. Um, And it was, it had been a gift from my mom that had just been laying there for like seven or eight years. And I was in the middle of like going through all my stuff since I was going to move out to college. And that's when I picked it up. And I guess back then there wasn't such a huge culture around like the whole YouTube and like being a YouTube as a, a YouTuber as a profession. Um, but it for me, it was like a platform where I could easily upload something and share it with like family and friends. So actually, I recorded my first song on the guitar after like two or three hours of practicing. It was a really, really bad cover. But I was super excited. So I wanted to show it to one of my cousins and I uploaded it to YouTube to like be able to send them the link to watch it. Um, but it got a little bit of traction and like people started commenting on the video and stuff. So I guess that's when like my interest peaked and I continued uploading covers and like I actually did a couple of gigs while I was in college. So I was kind of doing both things, right? Like the music thing and then studying engineering, which was like complete opposites. Um, That's an amazing left and right brain balance that you're going on here. um, You're playing guitar, but then also (laughs) you're doing, uh, you know, computer science and programming at the same time. Oh, that's so, that's so cool. Um, Okay. So tell me then 
about your your gig experience because it's one thing to to pick up a guitar and just mm-hmm. play it in the the confines and the comfiness of your 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 home yeah. but like when mm-hmm. did you when did you do your first open mic and what was that like well it was actually i mean it was very scary but it was it also probably happened like the most comfortable way could ever happen which was like I mentioned, I was uploading covers to YouTube. So I actually ended up making a ton of really great friends, like virtually that were also uploading kind of like similar type of music. So the first couple of events that I ever did, it was like a joint concert with like five or six friends. Um, And they were actually in Mexico. So it was, we had been planning to like actually meet up in person because we had been like just chatting online for a couple years. Um, so we decided that since we were going to meet up anyway, we would plan this concert. And that's kind of how the first ones really happened, which is, like I said, probably the greatest thing that could ever happen because there wasn't like as many nerves of like, oh my gosh, no one's going to come see me or like, what if I mess up and like stuff like that? Because I was just, it was almost like I was just hanging out with my friends, you know? So that took a lot of the pressure out of it. And that's kind of how that all got started. Now, did you say that that concert was in Chicago or or was no, it in was Mexico? A, yeah, it happened in Mexico. The very first one, I flew out to Guadalajara, and I met up with about five or six uh, friends, and we only did maybe like five or six songs each. So it was like really low pressure, and everyone that was there kind of like to watch us, kind of listened to all of us. So it was like it was the best experience because I always say that like. I, to this day, have not done, like, an open mic at a restaurant or a cafe or anything like that. I feel like that would be 10 times worse because it's, like, you know, it's hard to sing to people that aren't really interested in what you have to say or what you have to sing. So being able to sing to people that were actually there to see me made it a lot more comfortable. Oh, yeah. I, I can imagine having such a, a receptive audience that must yeah. be, like, the real the wind in your sails uh, for that. So. Okay, so you had a good experience there. So then what's then the next you know, domino to fall to get you to the next part of your um, your music career? And it was it was all super confusing, to be honest. <laughs> right. Like I mentioned, it was like, I don't know, in my head, it was like since I was in middle school, I kind of had this plan in my head of like, you know, get good grades, uh, get some scholarships, go to college and like, I mean, it wasn't until college that I decided that I wanted to be an engineer, but like, it was kind of like, do that, graduate. I had a couple of internships during college. So it was almost like, you know, like I had like a job for sure when I graduated. And then 2017 came along, I graduated with my engineering degree and I was kind of like super lost and confused because by that point, like my channel had grown quite a bit. Um, And I was like doing constant work on like uploading things to different channels a couple of people had like reached out saying they're interested in my project I began writing I like began producing kind of more traditional professional stuff in the studio so I was kind of really at a crossroads when I graduated because it was like I really enjoyed my engineering work like I I mean I feel like a degree like that you kind of have to enjoy it to be able to get through it um But since I had experienced some, like, especially the live performances and the experience in the studio, I almost, like, realized that I didn't enjoy, like, my engineering work as much as I did my music. And I didn't feel like I could have as big of an impact um, as I could with music. So I decided to kind of take some time off. 
actually booked a trip to Mexico City and like just hung out with friends. And then while I was there, I realized I really like needed to be alone and decide what I was going to do because I didn't know if I was going to stay in West Chicago or if I was going to get a job or what I was going to do. So I actually booked a trip. It was like a week long, this really tiny town, um, maybe like three hours from Cancun. It's called Bacalar. And I went there, I just, I bought some books and a journal and I booked an Airbnb that had a guitar <laughs> and I turned off my phone for a week and I just kind of like went through this process of like just journaling and reading and like eating, swimming, sleeping every day. That's all I would do to kind of like detox from everyone else's opinions and like figure out what it was that I wanted to do. And I came out of that trip like super sure that I had to kind of move away and get out of my comfort zone. So I moved to LA, <laughs> I went back to Chicago and I really like within a week, I had a conversation with my dad and my brother and I was like, hey, this is what I wanna do. And they were super freaked out. Cause like, I mean, I was the first one in my family to go to college and it was kind of like, you know, I had sort of set up this almost like perfect path for myself of like, you know, get a good paying job and like be able to do well for myself. and. My brother was a little bit familiar with the music industry, which it tends to maybe not be like the nicest or safest place for like an 18 or I guess at that time, 22 year old girl. <laughs> so they were super freaked out and kind of opposed to me leaving. Um, and it, it was like this huge conversation. And I was like, you know what, like I respect your guys' opinion and I understand that you're concerned, but like, this is what I'm going to do. And that same night I like, I had a little small Sentra. <laughs> I packed up all my things and I just hit the road and I left. What an amazing story. I love <laughs> the whole part of you being so mindful to really listen to yourself when you found that um, that Airbnb and you just kind of went through the whole process of really kind of weighing this really monumental decision, which is, mm -hmm. you you know, you have this clear cut, uh, career choice that you've, you really invested so much of your talent in with your uh, your engineering, your computer science, but then your heart is telling you to go this other way, but you also are putting co-equal time into that as well. All right. So now mm -hmm. we're back in LA. You're in the Centra. Yeah. <laughs> you made your way there. So how, who, how do you know whose door to knock on once you get to LA? It, so if, w during this like whole YouTube journey, I met this boy whose name is Jose and he was like he we were best friends all throughout college and he kind of went through the same journey he went to Texas A&M studied international relations graduated a semester early but again was uploading like covers we kind of had like parallel journeys you could say and he had moved out to LA so when I told him like hey I'm leaving and like this is what's happening um he invited me to stay with him for like until I found an apartment. So I crashed at his place for about a week and then ended up moving out. And it was the scariest thing ever. Cause then I was like jobless in one of the most expensive cities living <laughs> on my own. Um, and that was kind of scary. Uh, but I guess maybe like a month and a half into it, I ended up getting a job actually like as an engineer at a tech company out in LA. So that was kind of like what helped me pay my bills and really fund my project <clears throat> because it was like, I, I, from when I moved to LA until I signed with the label, it was maybe like a year, year and a half long journey. So 
I was kind of having to pay for my trips to the studio and the time in the studio and musicians and video productions and stuff like that. So honestly, it was, I mean, I, that's probably like the best thing that could have come out of my degree, you know, that I was able to get a job that like kind of helped fund for like my whole dream until I was able to get support like elsewhere. So that was kind of how I did it financially. And then I didn't really have family or anything out there, but this boy, Jose, who was my best friend, ended up being my boyfriend. So we're now dating. (laughs) (laughs) And that turned into like an even greater support system because now we're both signed to the same label and kind of working on the same type of music. And it's been really, really great. You, this, so it took about a year and a half and and there were some kind of struggles within there. Like, how did you find the way to kind of cancel out the doubts that must have certainly kind of crept into your mind at that point? How did you over overrule those doubts and keep pressing on? I mean, honestly, they're still there sometimes, right? It's like mm-hmm. a super scary process. And it's like, even once you're like making it and like, you're never really stable, right? Like even if you're an established artist, it's like never guaranteed that this is something that you can do for the rest of your life. So I think what was tough for me then was that I was balancing like my nine to five with the music. And that became super tough because even though I had a, a flexible job, it was like, I almost felt like I was cheating both parts of me, right? Because I wasn't fully committed to my job because it was like, I was taking time off to like go on all these trips and get my work done. But then I would come home and try to work on my music, but I was like so mentally exhausted from like working all day that I felt like I wasn't fully committed to that either. So I guess like the next big step was deciding to leave my job. And that was super tough because I ended up working for them for about two years. And I mean, they were pretty supportive. Like everyone was aware of what I was doing on the side, but they really saw it as that like kind of like a little side gig and um I think really like realizing that I had this especially the opportunity of like signing with the label that's kind of like what made me say like okay I need to commit to one or the other thing and obviously like this is what I'm enjoying so that's what I'm gonna do and yeah and probably like leaving my job was the biggest push oh I I can imagine that must have been such a such a stressful first step, but yeah. you, you were able to find a recording label. How mm-hmm. did that, how did that um, relationship get established? It was all huge coincidence. Like it was, so the, it's an independent uh, label and the owner's name and he's, uh, his name is Javi and Javi has been like probably the greatest support that I could ever ask for. And all of this, we actually met him like just, as a friend initially um when we met him he was uh working like doing live events in LA so he would hire like these big bands in the regional Mexican music scene and bring them to LA host concerts and stuff like that and but he's just like a huge entrepreneur and like he does all these really cool things so it really started off as a friendship and one of the same friends that I mentioned from earlier on that we would do these small gigs in Mexico um he ended up going to LA he had a gig and we stopped by the concert to say hi and Javi happened to be the guy that was like hosting this event so um we ran into him again just like said hi and he talked to us about this like label that he wanted to get started with that it was something that he had been like wanting to do for a while and he was like finally committing 
we had like a ton of sit downs with him about it. And honestly, it was one of the scariest processes that I've ever been through because you always hear these like horror stories, right? About like people signing away all their rights well, when sure. they sign it's on to a label. Yeah, it was really scary. And it was, um, I, it took like about a year. He was the most patient person ever when going through all of this because first it was like, you know, both of us nitpicking like things under the contract and then all of a sudden it was just like a lot of insecurities for myself of like whoa do I really want to like sign and be committed to someone else and like bring other people onto my project because up to that point it was kind of like I could drop the towel whenever I wanted to right because it was just me that was involved but then again like we just kept going back and forth like I was like okay I'm ready to sign and then we'd like have a meeting like a final meeting to sign everything over and then I'd be like never mind I don't want to anymore <laughs> so it was like this year-long process until he was finally like you know what I don't care if you sign or not like we just need to start making music so without having any commitment from me he flew me out to uh, Los Mochis to the studio to get started on my first album and he was like you know I, like I really don't care I just really believe in this and we're wasting time. So let's just get started. And whenever you're ready, you'll be ready. And so that's that, when I was like, oh, <laughs> that, all right. So that's, and that, this is the, the, to me, the most kind of interesting part. I, I love the whole business side of it, but like really the, the more uh, essential part of this is the, the act of creation of what you do uh, in the studio. So what's, mm -hmm. what's it like to, to write a song and bring in the musicians and the recording. Um, how, how, describe that process for us. It's, it's really an evolution. I mean, I, I've been to the studio plenty of times now and looking back on the very first time that I went, it was, it was really scary because if you're not sure of like what it is that you want, like there's so many people in the studio, like engineers, musicians, producers, uh, people involved in the label that like everyone has an opinion. And if you're not sure of what you want to do, then, your music ends up not being your music, right? It ends up being a combination of our, everyone else's ideas. So the very first trip that I took, I was super intimidating. And I love those songs that were initially recorded, but I really don't feel like they reflect me or what I wanted to say really that much. Um, but I feel like it's kind of necessary to be able to produce what you want. Because I, I think I used to have this idea of like, I'm not ready to go to the studio. Like I need to have the perfect song and know exactly what sound I want and what instruments I want, what the message that I want to deliver is. And now it's like, you know what, I'm only gonna find that sound by doing it over and over again. So it's like, every time I go to the studio, I'm more sure of what I wanna do. And it really changes the whole process because once you're in there once, it's like now when I write a song, I am kind of visualizing what I want the end product to be where before it was kind of like, Hey, I wrote this song. Like, what can we do? Um, but it's, it's a lot. It's, it's, I think there's a, like a lot of little moving pieces that maybe not a ton of us think about until you're in that like position where it's like everything from like, okay, how fast does it have to be to like what instruments or it's really, it can be really overwhelming, but, um, I think it's just important to like find people that really believe in your project to be in every step of it. So I'm actually leaving to the studio next Monday and I'm super excited. And I was just thinking about all of this, how like the very first time that I went to the studio, I was so scared. And now it's like, okay, I just want to leave. Like I feel less prepared, but I am more sure of what I want. So where would you yeah. say most of your ideas 
come from? Uh, like, are you like when when is there a do you have a place where you go to kind of let inspiration come, or uh, when when exactly does the, the the that process of of imagination in making your music where, where does that happen typically for you? You know, I used to have this like idea in my head that I I had to be like in a very private space and kind of like really prep for it. Like I used to go into my closet. I don't know why. <laughs> I used to sit in my closet, maybe because I like live in a small apartment and I don't want to bother my neighbors, but I'd sit on the floor in my closet and kind of have this like whole process of like, okay, I work on the lyrics first and then on the music and it's got to be based off like personal experience and have a ton of meaning and like all these requirements. And I quickly realized that like that wasn't going to get me anywhere because sometimes it's like I'd be driving and get an idea for a song and I'd kind of like push it away and be like, no, I have to be sitting in my closet to like for this to work. So now it's like kind of evolved into like whenever it comes, it comes. Obviously, like there's times where I need to force it because it's tough, like you're not having to get up at a certain time and like having kind of a routine. And then sometimes I catch myself and it's like, whoa, it's been a while since I've written something like you need to force yourself, sit down and like at least play with the guitar and see what comes out. Um, And usually like at least one song will be born, but yeah, I guess it's really different for everyone. But for me, it's like, it's it's an evolution. And it's like, now I just kind of let it come when it needs to be, which is a lot easier now that I don't have a job, right? How would you describe um, your music? Oh, man, <laughs> that's probably the toughest question that you asked. <laughs> um, I think, you know, I'm still trying to figure it out. But uh, the general category would be like traditional Mexican like regional music which is like mariachi Um, but with my first album I really tried to play with different songs which can be a little scary because again like traditional Mexican music it's people view it as like very traditional you can't change any instrument and you can't you know maybe talk about things that aren't usually talked about so it's kind of a fusion and um I'm still like playing with the instruments every time that I'm in the studio, but it, it's, I think I'm, I'm getting there to like finding it. I mean, because it's, you know, I grew up listening to traditional Mexican music, but I also grew up listening to like R and B and hip hop and a lot of stuff in English. So I'm finally like with this next album playing around with all those different sounds, which I think is important because like now I realized that like the audience that I'm connecting with more is kind of like Mexican Americans, right? Where they have this like traditional background, but they grew up in the U S and it's like kind of a mix of the two different cultures, which I think there's like a huge need for Cause there's so usually they make us pick one or the other. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're in the studio. Um, so mm-hmm. how much more, when do you know when your album is done? Uh, in in your recording is it like there's just no more studio time or like when do you know like mm-hmm. yeah, this is, we're done we, we we can we can we can put this to press no I, I usually we're very based off of like whenever it just feels done um thankfully especially like this next album the producer that I'm going with he's a very close friend who actually he was the first guy to like ever join the project while I was in college, those songs that I mentioned that I like produced professionally, he did them and he did them for like basically almost free because he really believed in the project. Right. So I tend to try to work with people that are interested in the project and they're not just there for the money. And it's like, okay, you're 
three hour session is done, get out of my studio. <laughs> huh. Um, so he's actually become a part of like the writing process as well. So uh obviously there's like little things that I personally look for, which it's like, okay, have a long enough album and have like a variation of songs and stuff like that. But typically the way that it's been happening is that I just whenever I have a couple of songs that I feel like are ready to be put out, I go to the studio and say I have three songs, I record the three songs, and then in a couple months go back and record the rest of the album. Um, and then a lot of the stuff that I've been releasing too is just stuff that I do live. So this, the, what's today? Actually, just yesterday I put out an EP of like a live session and it's only four songs that I did, but it's songs that I really enjoyed. So, you know, they're not professionally done in the studio, but it's decent enough quality to be put out. It's So it's a mix of everything. And maybe this is just another way of asking a question mm -hmm. that I had before, but like we talk about like when someone is a creative, uh, an artist, a musician, like how would you describe your muse? You know, like what is it that, that is the fire that makes you, that, that pushes you on to, to make art and music? Mm -hmm. That was super tough for me in the beginning, because like you mentioned the whole like left and right brain thing, it's like very, or it can be very contradicting. So with like all my engineering stuff, it was like very black and white. So with my like music creation process in the beginning, it was very black and white. So it's like, I guess I've learned to really listen to like what people want to hear and what people connect with. So I guess what I really look for and like writing music and creating music is being able to connect to people. Cause there's, I don't know, there's obviously like formulas to writing songs and putting out songs that you know are going to be a hit, right? Like if it has a certain beat or talks about a certain thing or like people will generally like lean more towards accepting it. And it's more, I guess it's viewed as more commercial. There's things that you can do to a song to make it very commercial and like, or make it go viral, things like that. And which is like things that I've, tried to shy away from and it's been more about like really connecting with people so like I'd rather get I don't know a hundred people listening to a song but that like you know it really did something for them or it helped them in one way or another than just like a thousand people blasting the song and like not having any type of connection towards it I don't know if that makes sense or like well, that makes your... total sense. I think that's that's probably the most it's probably the struggle that most artists have in the modern era, which is that mm -hmm. I see that I could do this that might get me the short term um, success, but am I selling out something that mm -hmm. feels real to me? And that's not generally how the artist wants to to do because it is coming from that well of authenticity that you're describing mm -hmm. right there. That makes total sense. And it's uh, tough, right? Because oh, yeah. the, the stuff that's commercial is what's going to, bring in the money and like make more sense business wise. So it's like, it's all about patience, man. Like <laughs> it's rough. How much has the, 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 the scenario of being uh, in a pandemic that we are in uh, right now, how much of that is maybe made it more difficult for you at this time uh, as a, as a musician and getting your album out or, or is it because we're in this, lull in between albums it's not so bad and now it's allowing you to maybe find more mm -hmm. space to to make more music you know it sounds a little bit selfish but it's like i feel like this is probably one of the best things that could have happened to me the whole pandemic mm -hmm. um 
because I think it's really given me like the time and space to figure out what I want to do next because when so I actually finished my first album early March so right when it all hit um it wasn't released until May but it's like I I was already done with that right when the pandemic hit so I kind of had this like downtime to really figure out what I wanted to do next um it didn't affect me a lot personally like financially because I wasn't like there was no plans to tour this year because we had just put out the first album what has made it tough is uh, like I guess continuing like working like knowing when to pick things back up again I mean with the album being released it was like it was released in May so we had to I don't know like record some official videos and like do promo and stuff like that and it was like tough knowing how to get back started without being selfish you know because it's like like I I had to travel to record videos and I had to involve other people and it was like how do we make this safe so it was like more of like a personal dilemma to like okay how do I continue working without keeping everyone safe because like I guess you know it's not like I work in healthcare it's like this isn't maybe like an essential business but then sometimes it is right like it's it would be a very sad world if like artists just stopped making music right now and stopped making movies like you know yeah what are we doing it for if we don't have art in our lives right so I mean, that can, yeah so it was like that that's probably what was like the most tough but i think it's been a really good time for artists in general to like just be home like be home and create and collaborate like you don't need to be in the same person with in the same room with a person to collaborate so like i've been working a lot with um other friends on making new music where it's like maybe we had had plans to do this for such a long time but it's like just no one had the time to do it before um so i don't know i personally i feel like it's been very good for for me the only thing that's tough is like right now when whenever we do travel it's like coming back and kind of just being locked up for two weeks so it's like this constant like extreme quarantine like obviously we're not going out and partying and stuff but even like when we come we just came back from a trip two weeks ago so like until now it's like I wouldn't even go out to get groceries and like I'd just get everything delivered and I'd just be locked up in my apartment for two mm-hmm. weeks where now, it's, it's like, not like you weren't being it's it's clear that you're not being uh, uh reckless I mean you're mm-hmm. in quarantine and even the people that you were enlisting for your help I mean you didn't yeah. go out until we knew the best way forward to make everyone safe in these spaces mm-hmm. where they had to work. So I, I don't, I mean, I get why you've maybe felt like, am I not doing the right thing? But like you, you, you sought the right time to do it with the right yeah. information, how to make it as safe as possible. I could totally It's see tough that. though. Like, I feel like people have become so like quick to judge and stuff. So it's like, obviously sure. everything that I'm doing, I mean, a huge part of my job is being constant on social media and like posting stories and stuff like this. So it was like, hard to be able to post what I was working on without people being like, oh my gosh, why are you out of your house? And why are you traveling? When it's like, I'm trying to be as safe as possible. Like instead of taking a flight to LA, I've been driving like 24 hours every single time (laughs) just to like, you know, be able to get there and start working without having to quarantine. So it's, it's tough kind of like having eyes on you at all times. So ideally, let's so we emerge out of uh, into a safer uh, world. What what does mm-hmm. promotion look like then? Like what ideally, what is going to be 
uh, a, a tour or promotion look like for the next step? I just want to play. <laughs> like I, I just want to be able to like actually sing all these songs that I've been making live. You know, it's it's tough. It's like when the album was released, like I mentioned, it was like early May and like, I mean, typically you would be playing shows, right? Like showing off all these songs that you've been working super hard on. And it's like, for me, that was probably the toughest thing. Like I released kind of this like year and a half long's worth of work and then just chilled in my apartment waiting to see whether people were going to like it or not. So I think as soon as it's safe, like our plans are just to do that, to be able to like go and do gigs. I, I have this, even before the pandemic, I've had this idea in my head of like what I want to do as kind of like a first uh, tour. Cause obviously we're still growing. So it's like, it would be small venues anyway, but I've had this idea to do kind of like a, not a partnership with Airbnb, but kind of where like, I just hit up different cities and rent out a big house in the city and keep it very private, like 50 to a hundred people. And it's like a very, like small and like intimate experience that's what I want to do as soon as this is all over and I feel like it's still a good way to keep it safe that's a great idea that's a great yeah. idea where you, you could have that level of of um, intimacy of your audience keep mm. it safe that's that's really that's really clever we should edit that out so no one takes that idea <laughs> it's I, I think it's I mean I I wish actually more artists would do it like I I feel like the more I get into this whole scene, like the less I enjoy going to like big concerts. I like, I just, I, I hate being like in the middle of big crowds and like not being able to like, I just want to sit and like hear the person sing, you know what I mean? And it's like, I'd rather pay three times the price to go to like a super small thing and like get to be super up close and personal with someone that I really enjoy listening to than to be like up in nosebleed seats and feel like I should have just stayed home and listened to it on my headphones. So Gia, this has been a great interview. This is uh, just so interesting to know the whole journey and seeing where you are and, and, and hopefully where this is all going. I was wondering if, what would you say has been the best piece of advice that you can give uh, some of our wildcats uh, as they're listening to this interview uh, and then what has been like just a, a real core truth for you that's been uh, really helpful for you moving forward? Sure. So I, they kind of go hand in hand, but I, I guess what's really, really important is just like to not be scared, like just to not give a crap about what other people have to say and like to not be scared of like doing what it is that you really want, but also like, I guess, leaving and like exploring other places and stuff like that I know it sounds bad and like I love West Chicago and like I'm super happy every time that I go back but it's I almost feel like if I would have stayed there it would have been like in the middle of my comfort zone and I probably wouldn't have like had the courage to do what I'm doing now right because it's like I'd be around my family and I probably would have gotten like a decent job and been happy with it so I think just like to not be scared. Actually, this is a piece of advice that I heard from uh, Karina, which I know that you mentioned from Karina Villa. Um, she told this to me. I remember exactly where we were. We were. She actually, she's the one that like accompanied me to uh, like tour UIC before committing to it. So we were driving downtown and like I was just going back and forth on like what it is that I wanted to study, which like 
first of all, I shouldn't have stressed about it anyway, because <laughs> it's like I'm doing nothing with like what I studied. But she mentioned to me, like, you know, figure it is what like figure out what it is that you want to do. Like, because my whole thing was like, man, I want to do this, but it's probably going to take like way longer. And uh, like, I'm so impatient. I don't want to wait for that. And she told me like, you know, time is going to go by regardless. So pretend that like time didn't exist. Right. Because five years down the line, like five years, you still had to wait five years for whatever it is that you wanted to do. So if time didn't exist, like, what would you do? And I feel like I've kept that super close to myself because it's like when I have my doubts now with music, it's like sometimes like, man, what if it takes me like 10 years to like, you know, really find the song and like be a hit? And it's like, well, I'm going to have to wait 10 years anyway. Like, I'm going to live out the next 10 years of my life anyway. So when I get to that point, would I rather be making music or would I rather be sitting at a desk, like doing something that I don't enjoy? So probably that that was a very long answer, but no, that was that was <laughs> that was that was perfect. And it, and you know and you know the, the what underpins everything that you said there too um, is that you worked hard. Like you you didn't half step yeah. anything if it wasn't your your work in computers. And then when you decided to kind of pick up the guitar and and pursue those things, you know, you put in the work. And so I think that's the, all that kind of makes it. Um, so much more uh, easier to to know that you had good options one way or the other. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing, um, uh, Angelica, is that how would be best to support your music? Do we follow you on Spotify and or what? Mm -hmm. What are the places that uh, where people listening to this can support uh, your uh, your music? Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate whenever people listen to me on I mean my stuff now is like out on all digital platforms but really what makes my heart happy is when like people reach out to me saying that they listen to it because I can get a sense of like what people are listening to it right from like looking at the analytics like what from what country or like what age are they and stuff like that or like even the numbers how many times is it streamed but really why I do this is to be able to like connect with the people that do listen to it like people reaching out to me and saying hey they like I actually, the, the one very specific story, it's this song that I put, it's a song that I put out called Andale Pues. And it's um, about like my own struggle with like anxiety and like all these different like issues, right? And um, knowing kind of when it's time to like get over it. And it literally says like, pull up your hair and like get stuff done, you know, like move forward. And I had a girl reach out to me about like a domestic violence case and how like that song helped someone get through it. And I feel like that's why I make music, like listening to these stories. So not just like, obviously I appreciate greatly when listen people listen to my music, but if you let me know that you're listening to it or like what you thought, what you like, if it helped you see something in a different way, stuff like that, like that's the biggest way to support me because that's what keeps me going. That is an incredible anecdote to end the interview with. That, yeah. <laughs> that, that was just knowing that your music inspired someone to have the strength to leave uh, an abusive yeah. situation. I mean, wow, what a what a great, <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Angelica, thank favorite. you so much. This was a great interview. Thank you for having me. I really, really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, well, we'll do this again in your in, in two albums from now. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Sounds like a deal.
<laughs> Thank you for listening to the podcast. Find past and future episodes at wegovox.podbean.com and subscribe to WeGoVox on iTunes. Show notes will include all the places to hear Angelica's music and where to follow her on social media like Angelica Gallegos Musica on Instagram. I'll send you off with her song Mio from her latest album, Floreciendo. You can find it on instream.digital. Si tú también recuerdas ese día El día que te encontré Y nace esta ilusión Si vieras nomás lo bonito que sentía Cuando tú me miraste de esa forma Me saldré de la norma Y te voy a decir Te quiero enamorar, no es un secreto Y no me importa el que dirá Mío, 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 todo mío Hace rato decidí Me gustas pa' que te quedaras en mi vida Tú dime, ¿te quedas o te quieres ir? ¿Y pa' qué le haces de cuento? Si ya sé que te mueres por andar con Angélica Gallegos <risa>